Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. following is a paid program sponsored by the veterinarians at Stack Veterinary Hospital. Welcome to Paw Talk. For questions about your dog, cat, or other pet, the vets at Stack Veterinary Hospital are in, and they're here to help. Call the show at 315-421-9797, 421-WSYR. Now, it's Paw Talk on News Radio 570 WSYR, now on 106.9 FM. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Paw Talk with Stack Veterinary Hospital. I'm your host, Dr. Jamie Lovejoy, and I'm here doing something a little bit different today. Uh, normally, we take some live calls uh, at this show at 10 a.m. on Sunday, uh, but today I'm going to be going through some email calls, some other information, uh, just to, to give myself a little bit of a break from the studio. So hopefully this goes well. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to tune in next week, um, and we'll have live questions, or you can always email me, as these people have done, at Stack Team, S-T-A-C-K-T-E-A-M, at Stack Veterinary Hospital, um, and uh, we can uh, answer your questions at the next recorded show or even at the next live show. Um, so again, that is Stack Team at StackVetHospital.com, um, and, uh, or you can uh, message us on Facebook, uh, our Facebook page for Stack Veterinary Hospital on Velasco Road. Uh, I'd be happy to answer any of those questions, but today we're not taking calls so keep your phones down I'm not going to repeat the phone number ad nauseum I'm just going to kind of go through some stuff that I've had from uh, from previous uh, callers and, and previous emailers um, and uh, hopefully this the this works out well as a format for you and uh, you'll get just the same amount of information from it uh, so first off I have an email from a uh, friend Bonnie um, and Bonnie writes uh, my husband and I both grew up with dogs and my husband really wants to a dog to our family, but my neighbor's nine-year-old was just bitten by their family dog two months ago, and I'm really worried about that potential for my two and my seven-year-old. Is there any way to make sure I get a kid-friendly dog? Oh my goodness! So this is a this is a big Pandora's box. I hope I have enough time to answer. Um, but uh, basically, I don't think there's any way to, without a doubt, make sure that your dog is going to interact well with with your child. Um, I think that uh, dogs and kids, especially young kids you know um, I, it's always a little bit of a risk even if it is the calmest Labrador retriever that has never done anything scary in its life um, these are things that uh, you should always kind of be aware of so if they're your own kids if they're your neighbors kids um, even if you think your dog is the most trustworthy dog in the world I really do caution you to to pay attention to things and I'm gonna go through a few things that I would pay attention to now first of all if you're adopting a dog hopefully you can find a dog that is is really familiar with the family environment, um, either by getting a puppy who you can introduce to a family environment, or by getting an adult dog that's been behaviorally vetted by the by the shelter facility or by the previous owner to know that small things don't automatically scare them. Um, you know, there are some dogs that are just not children friendly. Most rescues are able to identify them, um, but you definitely want to kind of introduce them to your family before taking them home, so you know that they don't give the give the 
walleye to your to your seven year old. Um, when it coming to you know dog child interactions, honestly, I will say it's a little easier to train your child to be well behaved around dogs than it is to train your dog to always accept whatever a child is going to give them. Um, and Sophia Yin, who is a behaviorist, um, who's just fabulous in her field, um, had some really great suggestions that I'm totally going to copy um, from from her website. If you're ever looking for behavior information, um, looking at her her information and her videos um, and her books is is just a fabulous resource. But uh, I thought this analogy was really good. If if your if your kid is doing something that would irritate you and make you want to take a break, because let's admit it, parents, you gonna want to take a break once in a while from from your child then if they're doing that to a dog they're going to have the same reaction your dog is going to want a break and again I don't care if it is the calmest oldest golden retriever that never does anything wrong um, you know think about these things when when a child is interacting with them um, if a seven-year-old came up to you at the dinner table and put their hand in your food you would be annoyed right so t telling your seven-year-old I'm not don't put your food your hand in the dog's food bowl that's rude. It's, it, you know, thinking about it as almost like a politeness thing. Um, your dog is not going to appreciate having somebody come right in and get into their resource. Um, taking toys. Kids don't take toys from each other without crying. Why would they take toys from a dog without, you know, causing some, some rift? And again, every dog has a different threshold for these behaviors, but they, you want to make sure that you don't come anywhere near it because the worst case scenario with a, a poor dog child or even a poor cat child let's not forget our cat friends here, um, interaction is hospitalizations, sutures, um, you know, antibiotics, and, and in some situations, rehoming the pets, okay? Um, being disturbed when sleeping. If your kid comes in and jumps on your bed, yes, you know that you are not going to, uh, you know, react poorly to them and bite them, but it is certainly going to annoy you and you're going to make them want, you want them to go away. Um, that's a behavior that dogs don't really like. If they are sleeping and someone jumps on them, as cute as you think it may be, um, they're not going to be a fan of that. Um, putting your face right in a dog's face. It's not polite in human company to walk up to someone and get into their personal space. Why would it be something that's polite for, for dog company? Loud screaming, rough handling. I think those are a little bit more obvious to everyone. I mean, if you have a child chasing a cat around the house and screaming and pulling on its tail, I mean, I think everyone can really imagine that that's not an ideal situation. So take the time to kind of think about it in that way and talk to your kids about it. You know, some of them are old enough to kind of understand this. It's like, if you wouldn't do this to your friend, why would you do this to the dog? I know the dog is cute. I know the dog doesn't normally react to things, um, but every once in a while, you do it over and over and over. And just like a parent, you kind of snap and you need them to have a go take a time out. And unfortunately, the dog's way of telling them to time out, it's not the same way that you you do to time tell them to time out. At least I hope it's not. Um, you know, doing all of these things can really help um, teaching your kid, you know, what uh, what proper around pet behavior is uh, for your pets and also for your neighbor's pets um, for dogs in the street, which obviously you're not going to be coming across those very frequently, but having them kind of understand what uh, polite interactions with animals is, is going to help keep them from injuring themselves and help keep, you know, dogs from being kind of ruined by it. Um, there's there's a lot of evidence to suggest that every time a dog has a stimulus with a certain reaction, be it 
growling or um, walking away or or something a little scarier like biting. Every time that happens, you're going to be getting um, more and more likelihood of that happening again because it, it positively and reinforces that behavior. Okay. Um, that said, all of that together, you need to supervise all interactions with children that uh, and dogs it's just you don't want to turn your back on that that can that can turn sour very very quickly um you know if you if, if you can't trust your child near grandma's china cabinet don't trust them in a room alone with a pet Okay, be around, be aware, know that things are not escalating. That's going to be that's going to be some really important, um, important stuff for you. So um, kind of a recap. I know I rambled on a little bit with that about this. There's there's no way to find a perfect dog for your family. Um, even the nicest dog is going to need um, some level of, of give and take with your family. Um, that said, I wouldn't be afraid of having a child with dogs. Okay, we've lived that way for thousands of years they say um you know kids can work very well with dogs um there are positive um, interactions that they can have they can be taught to play fetch they can ta be taught to to teach the dog a trick give paw you know sit all of these things um establishing uh, that type of a relationship can be beneficial for both both your pet and and for your child um and uh just knowing what that politeness range is and and uh providing acceptable play. I know there's a lot of, um, at least in the, in the veterinary circles on Facebook, there there are a couple of pages going around showing all of these pictures from, from the internet of like, oh, look at this adorable interaction with this child. And the dog has, you know, their their ears are back, their eyes are really, really wide. And the, the two-year-old is like sleeping on the, on, the on the dog. And it's like, yeah, at that point, that dog is not doing anything um, that is concerning. But all of that... Uh, that body language there. And again, Dr. Sophia Yin has some really great pictures of, of dog body language, things that you can kind of pay more attention to. That body language indicates that that dog is not having a good time, even though it's not reacting quite yet, is not having a good time. So um, pay more attention to that stuff because the worst thing I see, um, and I do see these quite, uh, well, not frequently, but I, I do see them is where you have um, people come in and say, my dog bit my, bit my child, my dog bit my wife. It came out of nowhere. Um, it never comes out of nowhere. All right. There's something going on. Sometimes it's a medical reason. Sometimes it's a, it's a behavioral reason, but there is something going on that has caused that dog to go from normal threshold to above threshold and to, to inspire the, the desire to, to bite. So, um, I know that that's a, a popular theme to say, but it, it's just, it's just not true. Um, certainly, you know, I don't like to be breedist, um, but there are certain dogs that, generally do better in family environments and certain breeds of dogs that generally do better um, as solo pets. Um, you know, talk to your breeder if you're looking for a specific breed dog. I'm not going to say that every individual from every breed uh, that's represented by those things is going to be a problem. Um, but I do think that it can be uh, something to, to look out for. You know, you're not necessarily uh, going to, to get a very high, strong dog to be a com companion for your child. Sometimes Sometimes those those Labradors are really nice, but don't assume just because it's a Labrador or a Golden Retriever that they're not going to have um, issues too. Because I've seen that. All right. Um, so hopefully, Bonnie, that long-winded answer kind of helps you uh, with your with your uh, quest. Um, I do recommend getting a dog. They are great additions to the family, um, but there there's a lot of work that's involved in getting them. 
All right, so we're about to head into our first break. Again, this is Paw Talk with Stack Veterinary Hospital. I'm your host, Dr. Jamie Lovejoy, and today I'm answering some email questions. Um, if you'd like to call in, um, then please wait for our next show next week at the same time, 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, and in the meantime, if you want to email us, stackteam at stackvethospital.com. Thanks very much. Beautiful day. The march towards spring. Prepare. Things can get out of control. Stay on top of the wild weather with traffic and weather on the 10s. News Radio 570 WSYR. Hey guys, good news. The outrageously expensive little blue pill is now generic, which means you can get the prescription medication to treat ED at affordable prices. And Hems makes it extra affordable. Right now, get your first month supply for free. All you pay is just $5 for your medical consultation when you go to 4hems.com slash supply. After that, it's just 30 bucks for a month's supply. Sure beats paying big bucks for just one blue pill, doesn't it? Plus, you won't need an awkward in-person doctor's appointment to get the prescription. Hems has doctors online who can prescribe the medication, and a pharmacy sends it right to your door. It's affordable, private, and incredibly easy. Nobody likes dealing with ED. Now, thanks to Hems, nobody has to. And that's really good news. To get your first order for just 5 bucks, you need to go to this exclusive address, 4hems.com slash supply. That's 4hems.com slash supply for your first month for just 5 bucks. 4hems.com slash supply. Prescription products require an online physician consultation and are only available if the physician determines a prescription is appropriate. See website for full details. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-555-1509. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes or overweight or have high blood pressure. Term providers help thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-555-1509. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-555-1509. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-555-1509. 800-555-1509. Need your vehicle service? Think Romano. Fast, reliable, affordable. News Radio 570 WSYR. Now on 106.9 FM. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Paw Talk with Stack Veterinary Hospital. I am your host, Dr. Jamie Lovejoy, and I am here today doing a little bit of a different thing. If you heard our first segment, um, I am recording this so that I can kind of be there for you guys when I can't be in the studio. So today I'm really going to be doing some email questions and some basic uh, musings, and I'm not taking any live calls today. That said, um, live calls are not done with. I really do enjoy them, and I will be in next week 
at 10 a.m. Hopefully with a another guest to answer any uh, live questions that you guys have about you and your pets. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to be part of one of our recorded shows, um, please email me uh, at stackteam at stackvethospital.com. That's S-T-A-C-K-T-E-A-M at stackvethospital.com. Or you can like us on Facebook. Uh, Stack Veterinary Hospital on Velasco Road has a Facebook page, and you can always send me a, a message on Facebook, and I can tackle that the next time I'm on the air. Um, so in the meantime, right now, I'm going through a couple of questions that I've had emailed in over the last few weeks that I haven't had a chance to go through uh, in our live show. Um, we just talked, uh, I hopefully responded well to Bonnie, uh, who had some concerns about bringing a new dog in with her, her young children. Um, and uh, if you didn't hear that segment, I really do recommend, and you have any questions about that, uh, looking up Dr. Sophia Yin, her videos, her books um, on behavior and and paying attention to signals that dogs give us are, are phenomenal. Um, she left us way too soon, um, but at least her legacy lives on with Cattle Dog Publishing. So I, I highly recommend that resource if you're looking to get a new dog, if you have some concerns about your dog's behavior. Dr. Sophia Yin is a fabulous, fabulous resource. Um, our, my next question um, is more into what I deal with every day, um, which as you guys all know, I am a firm cat person. Um, I am a crazy cat lady. And I have Kelly, who sounds like she's also a little bit of a crazy cat lady, who got a kitten um, and is having some issues. So let's uh, let's go for this. Uh, Kelly says, I got a kitten about a month ago and just introduced her to my older cat, who's about eight. Um, now my older cat's eyes have been runny for about a week. Uh, did the kitten give my cat something? My cat vet said that the kitten was healthy and she hasn't shown um, any signs of, of any illness. Um, so yeah, so this is actually a very common thing that we see. Um, I, the ophthalmologist that I uh, studied under said that there are three differentials for runny eyes in cats, and it is herpes virus, herpes virus, and herpes virus. Um, that's absolutely not true, but it is it is it is a good joke in the veterinary field in that um, it is the most common thing we see, and really everything else is kind of more of a rule out. Um, now, for those of you who don't know what this is, um, I'm sure it sounds really scary because because uh, herpes virus in people is not something to be looked forward to. Um, herpes virus is a, is a very, very common virus in cats. I think there's an estimate that upwards of 80% of all cats already have it. Um, you know, they, it's just so easily spread. Um, but the vast majority of those cats will not show any clinical signs of having herpes virus. It will lay in their system forever. Um, they may not even transmit it if they're not actively shedding, um, and they just live with it. And then you have this small subset of the population um, that every time there is a stressful uh, event or um, a change in their environment or a change in their health, um, they will start getting this goopy, weepy eye um, and, and squinting a lot. Um, and uh, it comes on very rapidly, very unexpected. Oftentimes we don't actually know what set it off. I think in Kelly's case, probably having a new a new harassing kitten in her life is probably what uh, set her older kitty off. Um, but no, technically... The kitten didn't give the disease to the older cat. Most likely this cat was exposed as a very young, at a very young age and just hasn't shown any clinical signs. Um, now, herpes being a virus uh, can be a little bit frustrating to deal with. Um, first of all, you have to kind of try to resolve the the 
the cause of the the recrudescence um, and uh, keep the pet comfortable as long as you know while while we're working on that. Um, the good news is as as with most viral um, issues, if you keep them. Um, well fed and, and, and well cared for and just give them the right supportive care, they usually get over it on their own. Um, and there is a big tendency in veterinary medicine for all of us to try to um, fix everything with antibiotics. But antibiotics are actually typically not indicated in this case. And um, they it's just kind of more to give you something to do to make you not focus on the fact that your your cat is squinting at you. Um, antibiotics are, are, are sometimes even make it more stressful because if anybody else has tried to give their cat eye medications like I have. It is a pain. Um, they run away. They're they're really frustrated. So I, I tend to not treat them topically if I can avoid it. Um, and most of these cases, if they're mild, it's just a little bit of, of leaky uh, leaky tears and a little bit of squinting. Um, I'll put them on a uh, lysine supplementation. Um, I like uh, Viralyse or Viralis um, by Vetokinol, um, which is a lot of fancy words, but it's veterinary only, so you should just be able to ask your vet about it. Just remember lysine um, and uh, give them a little bit of time and work on their environmental management. And most of these cats do very well. Um, now, if you've listened to the show before, um, I, I may be repeating myself a little bit, but cat environmental management, um, it is so important with cat health um, that they have a stable, interesting environment. And I think, um, you know, to, to protect our kitties, we, we try to keep them inside. And I, I do not think that that's a bad idea at all. Um, but that tends to lead to bored, fat cats um, that uh, don't, you know, live the way that normal normal cats do. I've, I firmly feel that cats are not quite as domesticated as dogs are. Um, and so we, we need to add a little bit of spice and variety to their life to, to keep them as, as comfy and as happy as possible. And this can help with viral inflammation. This can help with um, urinary problems, defecation problems. Um, so there's a lot of really good resources out there. Um, the Indoor Pet Initiative by Ohio State University is, is a great resource. Um, they have a website, uh, indoorpet.osu.edu, that goes through a lot of things that we can do, but also, you know, call our clinic um, and or talk to your veterinarian about ways that you can improve things, um, having the appropriate number of litter boxes, having um, height locations, you know, like cat towers and things where your cats can kind of get away, um, making feeding time. Some cats really like that to be a little bit more interactive. So they have these feeding systems where the cat actually has to go hunt for their food, um, which is a much more normal experience for them. Um, those are all different things that we can do for environmental enrichment. Um, in this situation, making sure that the cat has a safe haven away from the kitten if she wants to get away um, from the tail chasing and the general cuteness that we think is adorable. She may not agree. Um, so having a, her own litter box, her own food, her own water, at least while they're getting used to one another is a great idea. Uh, this is also another situation where I would use uh, the pheromone diffuser feel away. Um, I tend to uh, sell a lot of that because I think it really, really helps. I use it in my own personal house. It's essentially a Glade plug-in um, for cats that only cats can smell. And it makes it feel like this is already their environment. This is already where they live. They've already marked 
collect everything. Everything feels great. Um, they have another version called Multicat um, that that is more targeted pheromone for these intercat aggression issues, um, which this isn't a, a classic uh, sign of, but I would say that that can be very helpful for that. So those are kind of my recommendations in the meantime. Now that said, um, when we're dealing with eyes, eyes can change very quickly. So I do recommend um, for Kelly that she bring her older kitty into the clinic so that we can look for scratches um, because certainly a little kitten could have scratched her kitty's eyes. Um, and we look for signs of other diseases or other problems um, as much as I don't want this to be true. Eight years old for a cat is, is definitely middle aged and um, there are other things that can cause a sudden onset of, of eye discharge. So um, I use, I'm using this as a platform to talk about herpes virus, um, but there are a number of different diseases. The eyes only have one way of kind of reacting to everything. So I, I want to make sure that um, your other kitty goes to the vet and um, gets checked out before we, we start with any of these uh, these procedures. There are some cats, even with herpes virus, that do benefit from a viral antiviral therapy. Um, famciclovir, sidofovir, there's a, there's a number of different products and there's a number of different um, ways of administering them. Um, some cats do need to be on them long term. I don't know we don't know why these kitties um, don't seem to get over the flare-ups as well as other kitties do, but that is uh, that is sometimes necessary. Um, the frustrating part of those medications is that they can be quite expensive, and again, medicating your cat is just always a fun experience. So, I uh, you know we try to avoid them if we can, but there are definitely some kitties that benefit from it. So, if you have a cat and you feel like you've tried everything, you're doing all of the environmental management stuff, definitely talk to your vet about. Um, antiviral therapy and, and, and things that they can use uh, for those situations. Um, let me see. Is there anything else in this question that we didn't kind of go over? Um, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not uncommon for the kitten to be perfectly healthy. As I said, this sounds more like a problem with the older cat than a problem that the little kitten brought in, but certainly kittens at this age are, are very prone to these types of diseases too. So I would, I would want monitor, um, your kitten carefully, make sure that your, your kitten is not showing any, any clinical signs of, um, sneezing or eye discharge themselves. Um, it definitely hits kittens a little bit harder than it hits the adult cats in general. Um, and it's much more common in kittens than it is in adult cats. So um, while your kitten looks perfectly healthy now, hopefully she stays that way. Um, and hopefully you can find a way for these guys to kind of get along. Um, all right. So we're about to head into another break. I've managed to talk for a, a full segment on that question too. Um, and uh, again, this is Paw Talk with Stack Veterans. Hospital. I'm your host, Dr. Jamie Lovejoy. We're not taking live calls today, but we will be taking live calls next week at 10 a.m. on Sunday. Um, today, I'm going through some email questions, and I would love some more. So if you want to email us, stackteam at stackvethospital.com. Um, we'll be right back after this quick message. Hello, Syracuse. Dave Anthony here for Romano Chrysler Jeep, where spring has sprung, at least when it comes to big-time savings on the most popular Jeeps. During the spring sales event, if you're leasing any other vehicle besides a Jeep, lease the 2019 Jeep Compass Latitude for only $249 a month with zero down. You heard right, just $249 a month. And this Compass Latitude comes with goodies like remote start, heated seats, a rear-view camera, and a 7.3-inch 
multimedia display, all for just $249 a month. So Syracuse, hurry in and discover why it's a Jeep thing. Then lease your 2019 Compass Latitude, just $249 a month. Must finance with Chrysler Capital. Any Conquest lease due within the year. 36 months, 10,000 miles per year, 25 cents excess mileage fee, plus taxes, fees, and first payment. Romano Chrysler Jeep Route 5 in Fayetteville. Shop 24-7 at RomanoCars.com. Fox News, I'm Carol McHugh. Following the release of the summary of the Mueller report, all nine members of the House Intel Committee called on Democratic Chairman Adam Schiff to resign. The White House concurs. We want to find one person who's compromised. He's the head of the House Intelligence Committee. He spent more time on TV than at that committee over the last however many years. And all nine Republican members have asked for his resignation. I certainly did it a week ago. The president has done it. Right. He cannot be fair. That is one of the most important positions. Presidential counselor Kellyanne Conway on Fox News Sunday Democrats are demanding the release of the complete Mueller report. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Report by Tuesday. The Attorney General says they'll have it by mid-April. Yo confieso. Pope Francis still bring opening prayers as he celebrates Mass inside the Prince Moulay Abdullah Sports Complex in Rabat, Morocco. The 27-hour visit to the mostly Muslim African nations, the first ever by a head of the Roman Catholic Church. This is Fox News. 570 WSYR. Weather. This afternoon, a cloudy, brisk, and chilly one. Even a few snow showers out there. A high of 38. Your night tonight will be cloudy with snow showers likely. An inch or two can accumulate. Low 25. Your day tomorrow, sunshine but cold. High 37. Tuesday, partly sunny. We start to warm back up. Then afternoon, high of 53. With your AccuWeather forecasts, I'm Bill Dagger on Syracuse's News Weather and Traffic Station. News Radio 570 WSYR. Now on 1069 FM. Talk with Stack Veterinary Hospital. I'm your host, Dr. Jamie Lovejoy. Not to be repetitive, but we are doing something a little bit different this week with Paw Talk. This is a, a show where we're just going to be doing uh, email questions and uh, questions that have already been asked. Um, going through a few of my uh, kind of getting rid of some of these email questions that I've been getting over the couple last couple of weeks, and I haven't been able to address them uh, during the live show. Uh, we are not taking live calls today, but we will be back in next week to take some live calls, so be sure to tune in 10 a.m. on Sunday. Um, so today I am just answering some email questions. We've talked a little bit about dog behavior. We've talked a little bit about cat eye discharge. Um, my next question um, comes from Stephen, and uh, Stephen is asking, he says uh, basically there that there's a lot of medications that his doctor kind of prescribes to him um, for his pets, and he's wondering if there's anything safe that you can use that's over the counter, um, just because all of these uh, these medications are, are quite costly. And yeah, that that is a big problem. I completely understand. You know, we don't have a lot of the subsidies um, with the with 
health insurance and stuff like that that uh, you do as a, they do with human pharmacies. Um, so we do tend to use some more expensive medications than you would probably get from your doctor, um, although we do get some good discounts as well. And I, I really do understand the, the desire to use over-the-counter medications, if at all possible. And there are some over-the-counter medications that, that are safe for your pet. Um, my full disclaimer going into this, though, is that I really don't recommend starting any of these medications without talking to your vet first. Um, and since Stephen didn't ask about a, a specific disease process, I'm going to go through just a couple of different ones that, that I know of. I think the most common over-the-counter medications that I use are um, the antihistamine class. Um, and so we do use a lot of Benadryl in dogs. Um, Benadryl is generally quite safe in dogs. It does make them a little bit sleepy. Um, you know, if uh, you're worried about your dog, I, I don't think it's unreasonable to um, use a one milligram per pound uh, dose for them. It can be done every eight to 12 hours. Uh, and uh, that's good for, you know, your sneezing, your allergic skin reactions, your potential for bee stings. Although I would definitely call your vet if you're worried about a bee sting, because I've seen some pretty nasty reactions uh, for dogs from bee stings. Um, but it is a it is a medication that I will often, often send owners home with a dose for and not necessarily dispense it in the office. Another one is Zyrtec. Um, Zyrtec is a lot more uh, weight-based, so I would call your office to, to ask for cetirizine dosing if you're interested in using that for your pet's allergies. Uh, but we do use that quite frequently. Um, again, antihistamines generally pretty safe. If you have a dog that has a history of seizures, I would definitely talk to your doctor before starting your your pet on those medications because there are a couple of them that can uh, lower the seizure threshold. Um, the next kind of class that I use a lot of are the gastroprotectants. So um, I will prescribe things like Prilosec, um, Omeprazole. I will prescribe things like Famotidine or Pepsid. Um, there are a number of those products out there that, that we do use quite frequently for you know in, indigestion, esophagitis, things that uh, dogs get just as well as people do. Um, so those, again, very dose-specific, very situation-specific, but I wouldn't be surprised if your doctor recommended one of those medications, and they are relatively safe um, at the normal quantity that you're supposed to, the prescribed quantity. Um, the one drug that I have to get a little bit on a soapbox about that a lot of people have access to and a lot of people tend to use with their pets is aspirin. Aspirin is a, is a tough, tough contender. Um, it is safe at uh, you know, a reasonable dose to use in your dog. And there are actually some diseases um, like uh, kidney disease where you lose a lot of protein through the kidneys um, where I do use it. Um, I do use it mostly for its anticoagulant uh, abilities and that's actually to prevent spontaneous blood clots, which obviously just the word spontaneous blood clots sound kind of scary, or at least I hope they do. Um, and so I will use it in heart disease and kidney disease where I'm worried about pets being um, in a state where they're more likely to make blood clots when they're not supposed to. Um, but obviously aspirin in humans, um, marketed by Bayer, is, is a a medication that most people think, associate with with pain, um, you know, heart attacks, yes, but also with pain. And I think the vast majority of pets that I see that come in on aspirin are because, um, you know, they're limping and their owners are worried about them being painful. Um, I would use caution with aspirin in in pets for pain situations. Um, my my 
my opinion on aspirin is that yes it, it does work as a as an anti-inflammatory um but i think the dose required to actually make a dog comfortable with aspirin you get a lot of um potential side effects and the the worst and scariest side effects that we get with this class of medication with these non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs is um stomach ulcers okay and i have seen patients where um they got too much aspirin or the aspirin was mixed with another medication that was um makes stomach ulcers as well and they can actually get stomach ulcers that go straight through the intestinal wall um, and and cause a hole and obviously having the contents of your intestines or your stomach leaking into your abdominal cavity is not a compatible with life and those dogs can get very very sick and they can pass away so I implore you guys while aspirin you know giving a dog a, a buffered aspirin is not going to hurt them that day most likely as long as you're using the appropriate dose I really don't recommend it. I know that your dog is probably uncomfortable and limping. I really would uh, focus on keeping them exercise restricted until you can get them into a veterinarian. And if you're worried that they're un that uncomfortable, you should probably be going to an emergency clinic to get them evaluated as soon as possible. Um, because the most frustrating thing for me is having an owner come in and say, well, I gave them aspirin yesterday um, and they're not better. And then I get to say, well, I have this entire class of pain medications that I I now can't use because I worry about them interacting with the aspirin that you gave yesterday and I now can't give this class of medication for at least four or five days um, and so I'm gonna have to use another class of medication that is not quite as effective or at least doesn't do everything that I want it to do to make sure that your dog's gastrointestinal system is safe so that's my soapbox on aspirin it is an over-the-counter medication it is one that we use it is not one that I like to use and I would really really prefer if someone is thinking about using it to contact their veterinarian before deciding to make that uh, to make that call even though I know the internet says it's fine I know that they actually sell aspirin at the pet store I'm sure that the pet store uh, worker is going to tell you that it's fine your veterinarian right now um, over the radio is telling you that I do not recommend it um, let me think I think that's pretty much the, the vast majority of the over-the-counter medications that I will use um, again, when it comes to the antihistamines, um, I'm much more free with it because we see so many fewer side effects. Um, when it comes to the pain medications, I, I do not recommend. Um, on, on the subject of pain medications, um, Tylenol. Very, we do use it, okay, but very rarely and mostly in hospice situations. So I'm not, do not give your dog Tylenol, especially do not give your cat Tylenol. Ibuprofen, also toxic. Please don't give them that. Um, you know, the vast majority of the other drugs that I have not mentioned, which is your antihistamines, um, your gastroprotectants, and then aspirin, all of those other drugs, I would not give without um, asking your, your doctor. Um, when the other side, uh, which, uh, we didn't get specifically asked about this, but uh, the other side of the over-the-counter medication is what do I do if my dog gets into my over-the-counter medication? Um, my first step, you know, certainly you call your veterinarian. Um, oftentimes they will be able to say, okay, that's probably okay, or okay, that's not probably okay. Um, that said, keeping track of all of the human medications out there um, that could potentially be toxic is not something that's in the realm of, of most veterinarians' um, expertise. And so oftentimes when we get 
get calls, we will refer people to the ASPCA poison hotline. Um, it is a paid phone call, but oftentimes it is cheaper than bringing your pet in for decontamination if it's not necessary. Um, they have so much information about drugs and um, foods and, and different things that your pet could be coming in for. Um, they ha give good recommendations about you need to go to your vet now, you need to go to the emergency clinic now because it's a Sunday at noon and that is when your dog is going to eat something they're not supposed to. Um, or they can say, you know what, your dog's probably going to be fine. Just give them a little bit of food and water and monitor for these potential clinical signs. So I think that the ASPCA Poison Control Hotline is a really great resource. Um, again, you, you do have to pay a fee in order to use that resource, um, but uh, it, it can really be life-saving. So if you're worried about a drug that I haven't talked about, um, that's in your medicine cabinet that your dog just all of a sudden finds delicious. I don't know why that is. You know, when we're ever we're trying to give pets medications, they hate them. Um, but when you don't want your pet to eat your medications, um, I've seen dogs get into all sorts of fun things that shouldn't taste good, and yet they they seem to want to do that. So we do see that kind of stuff quite frequently. Um, hopefully that answers your question. Um, we're about to head into our next break, um, and uh, you know, keep these email questions. Coming. Uh, I really do enjoy them. Um, it's kind of nice to be able to to read through and, and uh, digest things a little bit before before I respond. Um, but our email is stackteam at stackvethospital.com. Um, you know, attention paw talk, attention Dr. Jamie Lovejoy, and hopefully I can tackle um, your question on our, our next recorded show. Again, our next live show is going to be next week, um, 10 a.m. on Sunday. Um, and so if you have any questions that you kind of want more immediate response, Responses to, or if you you want to have a full-on conversation, uh, then uh, please give us a call at, at that time. But today we're we're just uh, we're cleaning out the old inbox and and making sure that we're addressing everybody's concerns um, in the time that we have. The calendar may say spring. Precipitation becomes steadier. But in Syracuse. And a little. We know better. Wintry. Know how the season's transition will impact you with weather forecasts and the news every 30 minutes on News Radio 570 WSYR. Hello Syracuse, Dave Anthony here for Romano Chrysler Jeep, where the spring sales event is going on now. It's your chance to save big on a brand new 2019 Jeep Grand Cherokee Laredo 4x4. Listen carefully, come take a massive five grand off this Laredo. It's stickers for $35,500, knock $5,000 off, it's yours for only $30,500. This Cherokee Laredo 4x4 comes with tech goodies you'll love, like Apple CarPlay and Android Auto, a 7-inch Uconnect touchscreen display, voice command with Bluetooth, and much more. All for only $30,500. Hurry in for the best selection and select your brand new 2019 Jeep Grand Cherokee Laredo 4x4. Take five grand off the sticker price of $35,500. It's just $30,500. Must finance with Chrysler Capital, Romano Chrysler Jeep, Route 5 in Fayetteville. Shop 24-7 at RomanoCars.com. Hey guys, good news. The outrageously expensive little blue pill is now generic, which means you can get the prescription medication to treat ED at affordable prices. And Hems makes it extra affordable. Right now, get your first month supply for free. All you pay is just $5 for your medical consultation when you go to 4 slash supply. 
After that, it's just 30 bucks for a month's supply. Sure beats paying big bucks for just one blue pill, doesn't it? Plus, you won't need an awkward in-person doctor's appointment to get the prescription. Hims has doctors online who can prescribe the medication, and a pharmacy sends it right to your door. It's affordable, private, and incredibly easy. Nobody likes dealing with ED. Now, thanks to Hims, nobody has to. And that's really good news. To get your first order for just five bucks, you need to go to this exclusive address, forhims.com slash supply. That's forhims.com slash supply for your first month for just five bucks. Forhims.com slash supply. Prescription products require an online physician consultation and are only available if the physician determines a prescription is appropriate. See website for full details. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-555-1509. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes or overweight or have high blood pressure. Term providers help thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-555-1509. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-555-1509. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-555-1509. 800-555-1509. Syracuse's news, weather, and traffic station. News Radio 570 WSYR. Now on 106.9 FM. Welcome back to Paw Talk with Stack Veterinary Hospital. I'm your host, Dr. Jamie Lovejoy. We're heading into our last segment of our first recorded episode. I hope you guys are enjoying this. Um, I'm going through some emails that I have received over the last couple of weeks to try to answer some questions we may not have had time to during our live shows because we keep getting such great questions during our live shows. Uh, fear not, we are going to be back next week at 10 a.m. with an, on Sunday with another live show, but today I'm going to continue uh, with these email questions, um, and so we're not accepting any calls today. If you would like to have your question included on one of our recorded shows, maybe you're a little phone shy, uh, please give us an, uh, send us an email or send us a Facebook message on our Facebook page for Stack Veterinary Hospital on Velasco Road. We're happy to accept questions through uh, message form or if you want to send an email to stackteam at stackvethospital.com. Again, that's stackteam, S-T-A-C-K-T-E-A-M at stackvethospital.com. And I can feature this at our uh, next recorded show. I'm trying to do a couple of these because it sounds like you guys want to hear, listen to us on a weekly basis. um, And I would love to do that. Uh, But unfortunately, getting in every Sunday to the studio is not quite in my realm of possibility right now. So hopefully you're enjoying this talk. Um, We've had some really good questions today. Um, I will admit I kind of cherry picked them because I thought they were really good topics of discussion, but we uh, talked about behavior with dogs and children. Uh, We talked a little bit about feline herpes virus and cats with eye discharge and and introducing new cats to the the household. Um, And then we just finished up uh, with a little bit of a soapbox appearance about uh, aspirin and over-the-counter medications that you may or may not want to give your dog. Um, again, I think with all over-the-counter uh, medications, even the ones that I'm, I 
I feel are a little less risky, like the antihistamines, try calling your vet before just starting them because there may be a reason for your pet not to have them, even though in general they are safe in the population. Um, so our last call or uh, email, excuse me, of the day um, comes from Peter. Um, and Peter just got a new cattle dog puppy uh, from a breeder in Pennsylvania. Um, he writes that he was doing great for the first couple of days and then he started having some diarrhea. Uh, boy, puppies with diarrhea. We see that quite a lot. Uh, when I was at the vet, um, they seemed very concerned about parvovirus. Uh, we got him tested. It turns out he had some worms instead, so he's doing well now. But I was looking up parvovirus on the internet and it didn't seem like such a big deal. So why were they so concerned about it? Um, he came with his shots up to date. All right. So yeah, elephant in the room. So parvovirus, I, this is one of those big disagreements um, between the internet and veterinarians, which there there are a few of those. So again, I'm, I'm pro-veterinarian camp and not pro-Dr. Google. Um, but, but there seems to be a lot of misinformation on the, on the internet about parvovirus. So let's start with what is parvovirus. So without getting into the boring nitty gritty stuff, um, parvovirus is a virus that attacks the intestinal cells of um, usually young puppies, although it, it can affect um, any unvaccinated dog. Um, you know, we've, we've seen them up to a year or two in age, and I'm sure there are cases of older dogs, if they've never seen a vaccine before, of contracting parvovirus. Now, you heard me right. There is a vaccine for this disease. So really, should we be seeing a lot of parvovirus? No, we should be seeing about as much of it as we see of rabies because there is a vaccine that works quite well for it. Um, I think the problem with parvovirus is that um, when we have the, the dogs in this age group, and yes, most of them, we see them, they just came from the breeder, the people brought them home, it's a new puppy, we took them out for a walk in the woods um, or at the dog park, and then they come down with this disease. Um, very rarely we will see them coming from a breeder, but that's that's a very special case, and I think the vast majority of people are, are pretty aware of the surroundings um, that their puppies are coming from. Um, but most of the time they contract it after they got home, and these puppies, they're in a very... Uh, shaky part of their life, right? There's a lot of changes going on. Um, and there's also this fun concept called maternal antibodies that kind of uh, throw a loop in our in our process here for, for keeping them protected. Um, maternal antibodies are antibodies that the mother has from her vaccine situation um, that she that is transmitted through the milk to the puppies. And they have this kind of like protection um, from those antibodies. Now, the problem is, is that the protection is not the same in all puppies, and it will um, come and go in puppies at different rates. So that's why if you've had a new puppy and your vet's recommending vaccines every like three to four weeks, um, that's why we do it is because we have to make sure that when, if the maternal antibodies are not strong in that puppy, we are constantly um, creating new antibodies against these diseases um, over that period of time. Now, um, most studies show that after about four months of age, um, those maternal antibodies are gone, and that's why we can give those final boosters at about 16 weeks um, and feel more confident that these puppies are protected. But, you know, you're transferring hands. Sometimes you don't get to the vet very quickly. Sometimes the vaccines that the breeders use are not the appropriate vaccines, but I won't get into that. I don't want to make anybody upset today. Um, and uh, we do get these puppies that are exposed to, to parvovirus without full protection. Um, and uh, the most uh, common place for that to happen is like the dog park. You know, you have some dogs that just never get vaccines for whatever reason 
season um, and they are shedding this disease before they show any clinical signs. Um, and it is an incredibly um, easily transmitted disease. Okay, whenever we have a dog that we suspect of parvovirus um, or that we diagnose with parvovirus, we actually put them in isolation um, and we use gowns and gloves and masks. And it's basically to keep us from putting that virus anywhere else in the clinic because that virus can be easily picked up by a dog that's either immunocompromised or isn't able to have the full vaccine set um, for other reasons. Uh, so we have to be really, really careful because this is just, it's so transmissible, okay? Um, and uh, when we get a positive puppy, um, the other interesting misinformation out there is that people seem to think that these puppies do just fine with a little bit of fluid therapy um, and uh, uh, and and some time, uh, and uh, that is just generally not the case. Um, I'm really glad that there are some puppies out there who have survived uh, parvovirus without intensive medical therapy, um, but that is not my experience. And so that's probably why uh, Peter's vet was a little more concerned um, about the potential for parvovirus, even though it's very possible. There's lots of different reasons why puppies can get can get diarrhea, um, and had vaccines on board. Uh, we always test because getting them into the clinic and getting them hospitalized and getting them on the appropriate medications um, to kind of keep them going through um, is incredibly important. Um, the other really devastating, I mean, I think everything about parvovirus is devastating because you have these adorable puppies that come in and they are just sicker than anything. Um, families very rarely have enough time to even get used to their presence and they're already look, worried about losing them. It's very emotional. Um, and these, uh, you know, again, they're almost always just the most adorable little thing. Um, and you can't even hug them and hold them and, and play with them because you're worried about transmitting diseases to, to other other pets. But uh, generally, if we get them in, we get them appropriately treated, um, have them on IV fluids, have them on um, antibiotics to protect them from having um, septic infections, which is one of the biggest reasons that puppies die with parvovirus is not, not because the virus itself, but because the virus causes such damage to the intestinal walls um, that these puppies will get uh, blood infections infections because you have bacteria in your gut um, and uh, that bacteria can can spread to the blood. Uh, so we have to get them on antibiotics per, to prevent that and we want to get them eating and feeling better as soon as, as humanly possible. Um, and if we do that, there's actually a very decent survival rate for these puppies that are, are treated intensively. Um, it's like 95%. You know, every once in a while you get a puppy that no matter what you do, um, they just don't make it through. They just don't have the, the oomph for it. Um, but the vast majority of puppies treated appropriately do, do very well. Um, and I would assume that from Google, what Google tells me, um, there are some puppies that do okay without that intensive care. Um, but again, my experience is, you know, I've tried. There is a new um, protocol out there uh, for uh, par parvovirus for people who maybe can't afford. You know, you just spent a few thousand dollars on a puppy, and then having a few more thousand dollars to hospitalize them isn't isn't something that you can quite do. Um, and uh, there are some protocols out there to try to do it with, you know, the owners bringing the puppies in every day and giving them fluids every day and doing the injectable medications and then having them go home to kind of keep the cost down. Um, survival rate with that is like 80%, which is which is pretty decent. Um, I will say my survival rate for, for puppies that just go home and, and try to wing it is is 
not good. Okay. Um, so if your veterinarian is recommending hospitalization for parvovirus, it's because they are worried that your dog is going to pass away if you do not get um, get intervention started immediately. So um, hopefully I'm not scaring too many people, but I want you to guys to be kind of aware and um, conscious of the fact that, you know, just giving them Pedialyte and letting them sit on the couch is not actually going to, to save your puppy. And, and if you really want to have that dog around on long term, it's, it's something that you, you kind of have to bite the bullet on. Um, as far as long-term survival, uh, once these dogs get better, they usually stay better and do quite well. Um, there's a, a couple of studies out there now uh, recently looking into you know long-term effects. There may be an association of or parvovirus infection as a as a puppy uh, leading to kind of an inflammatory bowel disease thing long term. Um, so that's something to to look out for. Um, but in general, once they get through it, if they get through it, they do quite well. So it's something that it's it's really worth um, investing the time and the money into into getting them over it if you can, um, because uh, that can that you get a dog for the rest of their life with very few to no side effects. Um, so hopefully that answers the question. I'm really glad that Peter's dog did not have parvovirus um, and instead had uh, some uh, some intestinal parasites. Coccidia is another thing we very commonly see in these little guys. Um, but uh, that's a, a bit of information about parvovirus. And if you have further questions, please contact your veterinarian or, or give us a call on Velasco Road, uh, 315-478-3161. We are always happy to see new clients. So um, that's it for today. Um, hope you've enjoyed this episode of Paw Talk with Stack Veterinary Hospital. Again, we'll be back with a live recording on next week at 10 a.m. on Sunday. Uh, in the meantime, give every, all your lovely pets at home a hug for me, and uh, we'll see you next week. The proceeding has been a paid program sponsored by the veterinarians at Stack Veterinary Hospital on News Radio 570 WSYR, now on 106.9 FM. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.